0: Big O' Tires is rolling out Black Friday deals now through December 8th. Get limited-time Black Friday savings on oil changes, brakes, car batteries, and more. Plus, save up to $190 on select Michelin and BF Goodrich tires when you use your Big O' Tires card with no interest financing for 12 full months OAC. Don't miss Black Friday deals happening now through December 8th only at Big O' Tires. For your nearest participating location, go to BigOtires.com. Last game last night in Mexico City, not a thing of beauty for the Chiefs, but a much-needed victory nevertheless. The Chiefs defeated the Los Angeles Chargers 24-17 in Estadio Azteca in a game that went down to the final Chargers play, which was a Phillip Rivers pass intercepted by safety Daniel Sorensen in the end zone. The Stars A-team of Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian, Herbie Teopi, and Sam McDowell were there to report on all the action and to talk about it, which they did on Facebook Live that becomes today's Sportsbeat KC podcast, presented by Big O Tires. It's Tuesday, November 19th, and I am your host, Blair Kirkhoff. The group covered all the essential topics, like the Chiefs' four interceptions, Tyreek Hill's hamstring injury, a less-than-perfect game from Patrick Mahomes, and the experience of a game in Mexico City. You'll soon learn how much they enjoyed it, including the stadium kiss cam, which, as Melly tells us, differs from the kiss cams we see in U.S. stadiums. Thanks to producers Derek Donovan and Leah Becerra for putting together today's show. You can find the stories written about the game in the show notes on KansasCity.com and on the Red Zone Extra app. And We'll be back on Wednesday with another fresh episode of Sports BKC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Here are the guys. Welcome
1: to a Week 11 edition of Red Zone Extra, sponsored in part by Big O Tires, The A-Team right now, we are at the Intercontinental Presidente, or is it the Presidente Intercontinental? I just think it's a good one-two punch. When you got both those words in the name, we're good. (laughs) But it's a great hotel. Media hotel. We had to stay here. Yeah, it's a fantastic hotel, and you know what? We we watched the Chiefs pull out a 24-17 win against the Los Angeles Chargers last night at Estadio Azteca where the, where the, the air was plenty thin, there was plenty of drama, but you know, there was a lot to take away from this game. Defense looked pretty good. They overcame Patrick Mahomes' career low, 182 yards passing, a lot to take away from this. What did you take from this, Sam?
2: I, I think that you can go one of two ways. Like, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of Chiefs fans have made up their mind about this Chiefs team already. And, and I think that you can look at that game and think uh, they beat a worthy opponent Playing their C minus game, the defense was great. Uh, the offense was was pretty bad. I think overall maybe a C minus game. They lost a lot of opportunities, you know, left on the field. So so won the game playing, you know, subpar, uh, and you know got through more injuries. So once they get healthy, they should be better. Or you can look at it and be like, dude, it's week eleven. You know their next game is going to be in December. I'm tired of talking about the injuries. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of, like, all this stuff. It, 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 whatever you thought before the game, I think you can get confirmation um, in that game.
1: And I think now that we have Sam McDowell joining us, because I accidentally skipped over the introductions, Sam McDowell to my left, Sam Mellinger to my far right, and, of course, the incomparable Vahe Gregorian to my immediate right. He needs another, no introduction. He from needs Mexico. no introduction. We're in Mexico. But Sam is correct. <laughs> I think here we are in week 11, and we're still talking about a lot of the same issues that we talked about week in and week out. But I, I think this is—I don't. I think we have to start worrying. Is this a super-caliber super team? Yeah. Because we have a month left in the regular season, and, and we're still seeing a lot of issues here. And this offense last night, for whatever reason, started out slow. The, the altitude may have played a role in that, but I don't—I don't know what to make of this team yet. Here we are entering the bye week, and I, I believe the Chiefs still don't have a, a complete identity. Would you agree with that, Vah?
3: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, and as Sam was speaking, I got I think Sam Mellinger was speaking. Senior. Uh, Senior. I I just got thinking about that. Every Chiefs game seems like, uh, I feel like we've used this term a little bit, but not that much this season, the Rorschach test. Like, you can see in this what you want, and um, I thought Sam really laid it out well with his conversation with Sammy Watkins last night that explored each aspect of this. I mean, you really can find what you want to in this team. It seems to me that my takeaway from last night is the takeaways, though. That was four interceptions for a team that, that... Tyron Matthew pointed this out really well the other day. Stated it really, really uh, eloquently, and, and and it proved proved uh, somewhat prophetic that they have not made that play, and they actually did in Detroit. I mean, they, they kind of had that moment, those couple moments at the goal line, but but the, the, this was a big moment for the defense last night on a night where I, you wouldn't exactly say Patrick Mahomes faltered, but he wasn't the guy that we've seen change games until. You know, some glimpses in the second half. The offense was really off-kilter in the first half. Um, And so back to your original question here, Herbie, uh, which is, you know, have we seen the fully formed team? I feel like we've never seen the fully formed team. Injuries is part of that. Ups and downs on either side of the ball is part of that. I still lean towards the possible here. I I don't don't know what to expect, but I, I
2: feel like the possible is all still in play. There's a logical case that this is the kind of team that's going to peak in January and be the kind of team that's probably going to have to play in the wild card round. Probably. Not for sure. They still have a chance to get the bye, But the team that nobody wants to play out of that wildcard round. Because the defense is playing pretty well. Phil Rivers, we can make the jokes. But the defense still had to make four interceptions. They still had to stop it at the end. That's two out of three games. I know they, they, they went limp in Nashville. But that's two out of three games that they've gotten to the stop at the end that they needed to win the game. And, and I like the offense part of it, um, the air, like that's a real thing. Like, I think Denver sometimes is overblown, but you walking around that locker room last night, guys like, oh my God, I've never been this tired. I was tired for the first play. Uh, I mean, that, that, that was a real deal. And I also think the field, uh, that field was pretty bad. There, there were divots all over the place. And this is a team that's built not exclusively, but primarily on speed. It's speed and precision, and and that takes that away. And Tyreek Hill gets hurt. So th- th- there were some things going against them. And they still got through it. So you, you can look at it optimistically. That's that's still there. But I just think it's like,
0: taken, top, yeah. you know? yeah. like
2: let, let's see it.
3: Quick question about the air to throw this back at you guys too. Okay, air era had an impact on them. I think that seemed kind of clear. They were free to go go to altitude during the week and and yeah. absolutely dismissed it and. And he doesn't really let us in on all the ins and outs of that decision, right? I mean, Herbie, you, you asked him about it the other day. And he kind of just gave the, we studied it, we're doing this. But he doesn't really explain why. I assume that part of the reason why is they just feel like it's not worth all the extra commotion of travel and, and you know getting more out of routine. But I, I don't know, did they do the right thing? Would they have been better prepared with, with I, the days and altitude? I didn't
4: mind them being in, in Kansas City all week. I, I, I didn't see the issue with that. Um, to me, what, what stood out, though, to just to hammer on, on what Sam said, the secondary is something that was the biggest concern going into the season yeah. was the secondary. The secondary was lights out last night. I mean, you look at the numbers, and the only reason Phillip Rivers threw for 353 yards is because the running backs got him. Yeah, and Hunter Henry. I mean, Keenan Allen had 71 yards. You'll live with that. Um, Mike Williams had two catches those were the only two wide receivers and obviously Mike Williams had the big catch at the end of the game might have gotten away with a little bit of a push-off but those are the only only production from your wide receivers against the secondary last night the secondary also had you know the Tyron Matthew interception um, the Daniel Sorensen interception Uh, I was (laughs) gonna bring that up early Um, and there was a, they had a third interception, right? Yeah, yeah. four, four. But I Well, naughty one, of them, one of them was Naughty, though, but then Fenton. Oh, the the okay. secondary comes up with three interceptions yeah, right, right. last night, so... Um, and Kendall Fuller's Right. Um, but Fenton's playing well enough that I kind of wonder how that situation's going to yeah. shake out once Fuller comes back, but um, the secondary's played
1: really well. And a lot of that stuff also was playing hand-in-hand with a guy I know that you've written about extensively in Frank Clark. Frank Clark had a monster game yeah. last night. Played 69 defensive snaps, a lot of snaps last night. Sacks, three quarterback hits, forced a fumble. What did you see out of him last night? I know you actually asked him a couple of questions uh, during his post-game press conference. Yeah, I, I just
4: thought, the, I think the explosion is, is getting back. There was one specific play where he pressured Phillip Rivers where he ducked under the left tackle, and it was a move on, on tape, and I know Sam watched a lot of tape of Frank Clark early this season, and so did I. I didn't see that move from him on tape in, in the first three weeks of the season. You
2: saw it in Seattle.
4: In Seattle, yeah. In Seattle, you yeah. saw it a lot, yeah. and yeah. if he has a pinched nerve, as he said in training camp, it makes sense to where that would be a move where he did not feel comfortable making. He said out two weeks, but basically it was two and a half because it was a Thursday game. Um, as soon as Brett Veach got into the locker room last night, he went over to Frank Clark, and Frank Clark said, I told you what I can do when I'm healthy. Yeah. Wow, and wow. that's a conversation without us media that's pretty illuminating of exactly how he's feeling now. Maybe we're going to see this guy for the last half of the season.
2: There you know, which, was also, I'm sorry, go ahead, I'll go. just on, on Frank, there, there were some plays, again, like it has been pretty stark of, of what you see on tape of him in Seattle and what we see weeks what, one through eight or whatever in Kansas City. And uh, another play, you mentioned that the dip around the, the, the bend, as they always yeah. call it. He also in Seattle, he used to just wreck guys. He, he would go in and just lower his shoulder and just boom and just drive guys back. We haven't seen that with the Chiefs. Saw it last night. And look, we can talk about like backup tackles, you know, on both sides for the Chargers, and that matters. But they're still NFL guys. Yeah. And, and he would, and, and my point of bringing this up though was he was wrecking the interior guys. Those are starters. You know what I mean? Like he just looked explosive, strong, quick in a way that he hasn't
4: When you don't just you don't just lose your ability to play at his age. Right. It seemed like there was something going on. And I know a lot of people when we wrote the story about him having that pinched nerve thought, oh, he's making an excuse, but. Excuse is also reality in this case. He's injured. He Always w- a fine
3: line between excuses and reasons, right? I mean, sure. And, and do you remember him, the thing I, I was thinking about? Was I think it was after the third preseason game, maybe the second one, probably the third. I think he was. I don't know when he pinched the nerve, but I remember him smiling and talking about getting ready to unleash the repertoire. And I think he simply wasn't capable for a while. And, and it is a good reminder to all of us that when something is mysterious about. A precipitous drop off in a player's performance that is in his prime. Maybe there's something more going on than what we know. Right? We
4: did see him wearing a sleeve at one point, and I, I remember a play in the Ravens game, and I don't remember how early in that game it was, where he came off and his arm was sort of hanging to where I thought maybe he had just got a stinger because he came back in the game.
2: I thought it was a shoulder. Like, I, I wonder shoulder or elbow because that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and look, like I am a noted orthopedics expert right? <laughs> but it looked the thing that he was wearing it just looked like an elbow shoulder or something like that yeah. a pinched nerve, you know, but he said he was feeling it all
4: down his arm
2: so yeah, he, he was stiff
1: you're certified by twitter you're a twitter doctor Absolutely. You're he certified first, twitter he doctor. was the first guy i knew to, to get his twitter medical <laughs> <laughs> i think the one thing that really jumped out to me was the fact that the defense took it upon themselves knowing that the offense was struggling i mean a lot of defensive players after the game even frank clark when he was talking to us after the game said it was They knew they had to put it upon themselves, and they embraced that, and I thought that was huge uh, against a divisional rival. The Chargers are now three games behind the Chiefs in the AFC West. I think you can pretty much write them off, but with an emerging defense, because you all are right, we have not seen a complete game out of this Chiefs team yet. I think the closest we could argue was week seven, when Patrick Mahomes got hurt, but we still haven't seen that complete game yet. I I think you're probably,
4: because of that, more encouraged coming out of this game, even though they didn't play well. because. We saw the Chiefs win a game when their offense wasn't great. And when's the last time we could say that the offense wasn't great and we, we saw the Chiefs win despite of the offense not playing well. The offense has had to play well for this team. The offense played lights out last week and they still couldn't win a football game.
2: I thought that the defense for the first time in a really long time helped win a game, in, uh, not in Minnesota, but against the Vikings in a way that they hadn't in a long time. But this was a different level. They gave up 17 points and set up seven for their offense. Yeah, That's incredible. Like, that, that's that's the kind of stuff that a team built on defense does.
4: And if Tyron Matthew catches the second interception. <laughs> <laughs> I, <it's> think,
2: <laughs> I think what also impressed me about that
1: defense last night was that the Chargers got into the red zone or deep in the, the Chiefs territory four times in that first half and had to come away with just three field goals. And that was pretty yeah. huge holding them
2: there. Yep. Um,
1: nothing to add to that. Yeah, I... I Felt the same
2: way, although
3: what, for some reason I was distracted by looking at a defensive stat. I wanted to see how many pass breakups Chris Jones had because one went off his helmet. Mm-hmm. And I was <laughs> trying to figure out whether he got credit for that one. I assume he did. That's a pass broken up, right?
4: I, yeah. I kind of think we, we should discuss where the elephant in the room as far as Mexico City, what we all thought of it. Yeah. Herbie, you feel, you're the only one that's kind of been super close to this area before. Um, Some I mean heck you've already told all of us you're gonna retire here now so.
1: <laughs> New retirement spot. I love this place. I, I, I thought the atmosphere was fantastic It was unique to me walking around Before the game the here, you two were out there as well Matt Castle jerseys I saw a Sammy Parker jersey out there Roger Staubach
4: eating. was the one that stood out to me yeah, Roger Staubach <laughs> was out there a lot
1: of Tom Brady fans out here, but you know, I, I thought the atmosphere was electric the anthem both domestic oh anthem and anthem was and awesome. Anthem, the anthem
2: was awesome. Amazing.
1: I got chills. That yeah, that was so awesome. cool. And listening to the entire stadium sing, uh-huh. you know, that was it, it was a chilling moment. But I, I know you wrote about it as well. I mean, what did you take away from all? Yeah, that? I mean, the, I,
4: I, the, the, there was what forty five minutes before the game when every position group that was coming out to warm up was getting booed or cheered or yeah. probably both for a lot of them. The defensive line for the Chiefs came out and got booed like crazy. And then Chris Jones was sort of embracing it and getting the crowd <laughs> into it. And then all of a sudden it just like flipped and all they, they were cheering. They just, they just were pumped to have football here. It felt like last night, whether it was a four yard completion or, you know, it, very first drive when Patrick Mahomes just attempts to go deep and it travels, what 60, 65 yards in the air, the crowd went nuts, incomplete pass.
2: You, you know what, it, like, uh, I imagine that like, when Pele, like when, when some like professional soccer teams did tours in the United States, I don't know where this is going, but 80s, I'm I'm excited to hear. They, I feel like American crowds were probably excited for soccer, but had no idea what they were doing. Like we're cheering wildly when a ball was like booted out of bounds. Yeah, or something like that. I feel like there was a little bit of that last night. But the enthusiasm, like um, I think, like most of the talk about if the NFL wants a team in a you know outside the United States, and it seems, sure as hell seems like they do. Most of the talk has been London. Yeah, this makes sense. I don't know why this doesn't make yeah. more sense than that. It's like geographically, the altitude's a thing that they got to get around. The stadium, they'd have to do some stuff to the stadium. For they'd sure. Have to, they'd Elevate. have to update it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's there's some stuff they got to work around, but I think this might make sense. I haven't been to London for a, I've been to London enough for an NFL game. Um, but I, I just wonder if that sports ticket is like more, more sort of fragmented by all the soccer teams there. I know there's a league here, but just... It just—it seems like this is more ripe for some growth.
4: Plus the the, the, tra- the travel too. Yeah. The Chiefs took a normal trip to get here. It was normal a longer
2: flight than normal. But, right. But you were like not overseas. Not yeah. They didn't fly over an ocean. They didn't.
4: When they went to London, they had to go a day early to yeah. get used to everything. They were fearing jet lag. Yeah. For this game, they traveled as normal.
1: Yeah. I think of anything too. The Chargers had a lot of fans here. which We've all covered a lot of games they at StubHub do. or whatever it's called these days, and even at Qualcomm. I think this is the most Chargers fans I've ever seen in the stadium for sure. rooting for them. You're right; it was very enthusiastic out there, and it was. I just can't get over that anthem. Those
2: anthems were showing. Yeah. And, and I, at halftime. I don't know what the song that was. Man, either, but it was great too. Um, I don't know if that was their version of "God Bless America" or something, but it was. It was fantastic. Every it's like a eighty thousand person sing Because that's the other thing too is like. You, uh, we were talking about like how many people from Kansas City are coming down for the game. I'm sure there were, I don't know, a lot of people, some people, whatever. But I think that stadium, that wasn't Chiefs fans that flew down from Kansas City or Des Moines or Chicago or whatever. I think that was people from Mexico City, from you know places around here, which is a very cool thing for the league.
3: I, I thought. It- to all these points, one thing we did see all these jerseys of different teams, and I, I thought as almost as many as the, of those other teams, in some ways, as we saw the, the yeah. two teams playing, um, which spoke to the NFL passion. You talked to an NFL executive last year, last week, who said twenty-two million NFL fans or so that they've identified as NFL yeah. fans here, which co- coincidentally, really is coincidentally, is about the same number as the population of the Mexico City area. It does seem like fertile ground. Um, one quick thing I was thinking of—I was struck by—it was a pro Chargers crowd in the end, right? I think ultimately that the, the noise boomed more for the Chargers. But I think the biggest single ovation of the night was for an individual was when Patrick Mahomes Announced was the as the captain for the contest. I was agree. Really, testimony to his star power. And
4: Kelsey's touchdown too and drew a really loud yeah, ovation. Did. Yeah, it did.
3: It <laughs> did. And yeah. The only other thing I was gonna add is, you know, you, you mentioned London before. Actually during the national anthem and stuff like that, and we were in the it was the nineteen sixty-eight Olympic Stadium. It reminded me of an Olympics opening ceremony. It was that kind of yeah. sort of pride of country, mm-hmm. but just also sharing it. I mean It was, it was the, a show. It was just yeah, it was a show. Yeah, and the feeling of the two flags on the field. At yeah. the same that was time, cool too. That was
4: Yeah, really they didn't cool. have to they didn't have to do that. I no, thought that was cool. Yeah.
1: Here here's something, you know, going back to the game though. There were a lot of things on the offense that obviously didn't go wrong, didn't go right. But I thought what what did go right, though, was having all five offensive starters on the field. And Eric Fisher. For a while. The line. Yeah, for a while. For yeah. a while. Yeah, offensive line. For a while. Um, Austin Reader only missed, I believe, six snaps because he came back in the second half. But I know you, I saw you tweeting this morning about Eric Fisher. You know, he didn't. I did. That wasn't you? Who was that, <laughs> that was tweeting about? Maybe it was Blair, but he... If it was a good tweet, I'll take credit okay, for it. Okay, it was though. a good tweet because they pointed out he had 69 snaps. He played all 69 offensive snaps and didn't give up one pressure. And, you know... Oh, Mitchell Schwartz. Mitchell Schwartz. Mitchell Schwartz.
4: Okay. Schwartz. And that, that, that was you. And okay, the re- that was your re- re- good tweet? I only okay. sent that in our text group because where the rubber meets the road from Big that's O right. Tires last <laughs> week, <laughs> that was my pick.
2: It's a, it, I mean, that's a hell of a thing because uh, the Chargers... Um, have a really good defense. I think they entered the game. I think it was fifth in points and sixth in yards. If it might have been sixth in you know fifth and one and sixth in the other. And up front, they're rough. You know, Mosa yeah. and Ingram. Those guys are men. Hey, we and we didn't hear their names at all. Yeah. Part. For, for Mitch Schwartz to you know go through what he did, you know, that's as close as he is to injured. Right? He actually missed a snap uh, last week in, in Nashville. For him to do that on that, I mean, it is just that guy is he is as good at his job as, I don't want to say Mahomes, but I mean, he's just, he's at an elite level at that right tackle, spot. he's, he's.
4: There's only, there's two guys on this team that you can argue are the best in their position in the NFL, and it's Mahomes and Schwartz.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think Tyreek, Tyreek and Kelsey are probably close, Um, Kelsey probably is, right? Sure, yeah. With with Gronkowski gone, yeah, Yeah, I would put him up there. And and Tyreek's gotta be top five, right? Uh, Yeah, you're right, you're right.
1: Well, you know how Chiefs fans sometimes will overreact. So, what? your overreaction or or your reaction or your reacts to Patrick Mahomes' game last night. Concern or not concerned?
2: Not concerned. Um, th- 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 he just that's the worst game of his professional career, right? Can we say that? Yeah. Jack- Jacksonville
4: last Jacksonville last year. He still was he
2: made plays blessed. in that game. I know like maybe his passer rating, I don't know what the passer yeah. rating. Was.
1: 182 yards was actually his career low Yeah. Um, yards. passing. Passing yards. Correct. He
2: um in that game, he had, he had two interceptions and, and, and no touchdowns in that Jacksonville game. Uh, one of the interceptions was sort of an arm punt. It was a third down that he threw down the left sideline. Uh, but he also made some plays in that game. And look, like maybe this one was, maybe that the Jacksonville was worse, but I thought he was just ineffective in a way that we haven't really seen, other than, I mean, the, the one argument might be the first halves of the Patriots games last year. But then he came out in the second half of both those games was just yeah. know, lights out and he didn't come out in the second half and it was lights out um so yeah you know, I think it was the worst game of his professional career um what I didn't mean, like <laughs> how,
4: how much do you weigh he's in had 25 though five
2: or whatever others are he looks like Best quarterback we've ever seen
4: how much do you weigh in how good he was on the scramble because that was obviously a great I, sign the fact that he was yeah, able yeah. to do that and
3: two you know, weeks two, off two, of this two, injury two yeah. scrambles really a 24 yarder and a 20 yarder and you know just to put it in context the longest other run by any chief was eight yards so those are handy and those were those were meaningful runs um and to, i think you were saying this about the knee i mean he said last night that it wasn't just that he. he I think Adam Tyser asked him if he tweaked the knee on one of the runs. He goes, no, I know, I got hit on the knee. And it was really the first time I, I really got hit.
2: And uh, I feel good. It looked like he limped a little bit. The one that was right to left on your television screen on the, on the far side of the yeah. It looked like he got up and was limping just a little bit. But then it was just like nothing ever happened. That, yeah. that was a good sign. Yeah.
1: Let, let me flip that question around because we know Tyreek Hill suffered a hamstring injury yeah. last night. And, and depending on the severity, hamstrings can...
4: He did call it a strain. With the bye coming up, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's going to be too I, I thought it was key that he called it a strain. He didn't say an injury. He didn't say, we'll have to see how this is. He specifically already called it a strain.
3: And I don't know if this means anything either, but it, it was interesting that it took them a little while even to decide to take him into the locker room. Like I, I think they were really figuring he might be able to go for a little bit, and they just thought, let's go see. When
2: they came out after halftime, he was doing his... He just doesn't, he looks like kind of human when he does this, but that, like, sort of like, those high knee yeah. kind of stretches where it just, it looks
4: like, like um, at 50% is quicker than, like, any of us could yeah. do it. Yeah. And
2: I was like, oh, okay, he's, he's about mm-hmm. to play. But then after that, he was just standing, obviously, oh. without his helmet, he was limping a little bit. But he just, I guess we're all kind of saying the same thing here. He didn't play, he, he didn't come back and play. Right. So that's a problem. But it wasn't carted off the field.
1: Right, right. And he's still on the sidelines, unlike Damian Williams, yeah. who didn't come back out on the yeah. field after he suffered the rib injury. So that, that, that is a huge thing. So you're not worried at all going forward?
4: Well, to me, that's one of the reasons, actually, that these sort of topics coincide because I think one of the reasons Mahomes was able to scramble a lot is because the Chargers played heavy man-to-man defense. I haven't done the tally on it. We haven't really had time to, to go back and watch it, but um, – a lot of plays a lot of receivers were going in one direction the other because they're all in man-to-man the other half of the field opens up and certainly the chargers probably called a lot more personnel man-to-man personnel once tyree Hill's out yeah. of the game yeah. that was a, a three-week storyline for us was the fact that they couldn't yeah. beat man-to-man when tyree Hill wasn't on the
1: field yeah. coming up now we got the bye week a lot of injuries to consider here you got we talked about hill we talked about damian williams Reader, we're not worried about. LaShawn McCoy, Reed called it a head injury, which sometimes usually translates out to concussion. Uh, Jordan Lucas has a shoulder injury. Where are we right now with injuries, knowing you've got the Raiders coming up? That's a game that was flexed because the NFL wants to take advantage of a larger audience, but a lot of implications going into this bye week. Where do you, where, what should the Chiefs concentrate on before they take on the Oakland Raiders at Arrowhead Stadium bye?
3: Well, I mean, first things first, this seems like the perfect time for a bye week for a team that has really, I mean, it seems like an inordinate number of injuries. Now, we're in our own little echo chamber on the team we cover, so I don't know, maybe a lot of other teams have this many injuries, but this seems like a really un- unusual amount to me. And look, if you're thinking about as of 12-1 when they play the Raiders, that's the stretch run. I mean, that that's it. That's where you get your playoff positioning. That's where you become who you are or you don't. Um, so I think this is... It, I guess my biggest thought is get healthied up, as uh, former Missouri coach Larry Smith used to say. Just, just that, that's the biggest thing for them right now, I
4: think. Let's kind of kick that back to you, Herbie, because you asked a lot of guys in the locker room about that last night, just the, the plan during the bye week.
1: I don't want to give away my story, because that's a story <laughs> for the bye week. You're but teasing I, to it. I, I will say this. the, the Chief, Some of the Chiefs players I talked to last night are well aware of what the Raiders are doing right now. What Reggie Ragland says, when I asked that question, he he muttered an expletive, and he said, of course we know what's going on. <laughs> the Raiders have won three games in a row right now. They're 6-4. and four. They're a half game back of the Chiefs, who are 7-4. and four. And there are a lot of stuff that's – they know they, they got to get right. You know, the defense is coming on at the right time. But these injuries, you got to get healthy here. That, that's a big game in Week 13. When's the last time you know the Raiders and the Chiefs met in, with a game with AFC West implications this late in the season? We can't think of one.
2: I think we talked about this last week. I think, but it bears repeating. Like when we're talking about the injuries, all of these injuries, other than like Breland Speaks and Xavier Williams, right before the season, have just been well. He'll be back in three, four weeks. Okafor and Agba, I think those are real things. You know, Agba is out for the year, right? Uh, right. And you know, the <laughs> they've got depth in that in that spot, but not nearly as much depth as they had when they saw it speaks and hop. You know what I mean? Like those are the the two injuries that I think like have some kind of subtle effect on on how this team is going to play up front. And that's and that's a, it's just a key thing because that defense, look, if the defense plays the way that it did and again, we can make our Phil Rivers jokes, you know, and some of them are funny. Uh, but if the defense can play the way that they did last night going forward, 100% a Super Bowl team. You know? It's absolutely a Super Bowl team. But that depends on, on the health and these things kind of clicking at the right time. And it's just, you just said it, like the buys coming at the right time. Andy Reid is 1,001 after a buy or whatever it is. Um, and, and that's a good opponent to have, you know.
3: These numbers are going to really stack up weird, right? They're going to have this overwhelming Andy Reid after the bye week stat, whatever that is. And the 24 and 3 against the AFC West in the last five years, whatever right. it is. In fact, I, I, I started to look this up last night. I, I didn't get a chance, but. At some point, I, I'm sure we should try to amplify that divisional uh, superiority thing. I think his numbers, his first six, seven, eight years in Philadelphia, except for maybe the first season, were extraordinary also gets division uh, rivals there, and it's, it's you know, reasonable to think that's a trend. Yeah,
2: and and cool. it's not just, we're talking about the Raiders and deservedly so, but the game after the Raiders is yeah, well, in Foxborough. Yeah, one game um, at a time. Yeah, one game at a time. They're, and they're, and they're, just, we they're coming lucky. out smoking, man. It, it's. Um, you just said it, right? This is the stretch run. This is it.
4: Just take a just to take a couple questions to show where we actually are paying attention to you guys as well. We are live. Um, a couple of people pointed this out, and we actually pointed out live that Mike Williams at the end of the game was called out of bounds, yeah. and that could have been a game-changing play. Um, that was going to be
2: a column if the Chiefs, you know, yeah. if they gave up that touchdown, and then the ensuing that would have absolutely a two-point conversion where Mike Williams would have been wide open right. <laughs> on that play. Yeah, that, that was a big play.
3: What was weird about that play for us was, just to, to bring you to the scene a little bit, was that the logistics here at the stadium were such that uh, three of us had to go downstairs while that was going on, and we thus were in front of a TV. And able to see replays over because we a, did
4: not have a TV in
3: the press box. we no TVs box, up different. in the press box. They left is, me in the press box. First, you know, this you
4: know. is a total first world problem. It is. But it is, it <laughs> couldn't it be more of a first world. We problem, didn't have re, we didn't have replay ability last of night, that, the press box.
3: Sudden, Sam McDowell here was able to see uh, and and point out to me while we were looking at it. Right then, actually, I think you saw it at first. He was plus,
4: ta- He was touched he, as he was coming down. And, and, you're and like, why he was, was inbound.
3: Why is the clock stop And that was certainly twenty seconds. For sure, and um, it takes
4: Philip Rivers 20 seconds to do the 40.
3: <laughs> so that that would have been that was 44 seconds left instead of 24 seconds left, and boy, that, that would have been a good column. <laughs>
4: yeah. um, right. One more question we're getting asked we're getting asked by our own people, and I think Sam should answer this. Uh-oh. What was the story on the kiss cam?
2: <laughs> Who's asking that? It was, uh, it's our own people. There was. A level of enthusiasm <laughs> for the participants in the KISS cam that I've just never seen in the States. You know? Like it seems like in the United States, like the KISS cam is the same thing. Every time. It's like, oh, a little peck or whatever. And you end with oh, yeah, the yeah, You yeah, end yeah, with yeah. the 85 year old couple, citizens, yeah. yeah. Every once in a while you flash to like players in the dugout in a baseball game and they'll like either like laugh it off or sometimes they'll bring it in for a smooch. But it was PG thirteen stuff last night. Where there, some you, of, it art. The, some yeah. of it was some of related. <laughs> you got on the kiss. You were you were letting it fly.
4: The crowd was so ready for it too yeah. that you could tell it was not a <laughs> unique experience last night. It was right. it was like the way you could picture the way the crowd reacts in America to the t shirt toss. Whenever the kiss cam was announced, it was coming on. It was like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. I never watched the kiss cam yeah. to be honest, but last night it was like, yeah, what is going on much.
3: here? It, it, it's a little different, but it reminded me a little bit of. I happened to be at the game. Missouri lost seventy-three to nothing at Texas A&M back in the day, and the Aggie tradition is uh, kissing your date after a, after a touchdown or a, a field goal, We're We're and done. that was that was getting a little a little much. To kind so,
1: of a final thought. Uh, final thought. We're out. Yeah, we got about one minute here. Rapidly, okay. Rapidly. What is your fondest memory of coming to Mexico City?
2: Uh, salsa that I put on these tacos yesterday <laughs> changed my life. I felt lifted six to twelve inches off the ground from this stuff. It was like a flavor that I've never had in my life. Then immediately went to hiccups. Like tears came down my face. It was something <laughs> I, I'll never forget. That salsa. It was great. What
1: about you, Mac?
3: I
4: I, I know this is cliche, but It was like the hour leading up to the game that I actually turned to all you guys and I said, this is going to be awesome. Just because the crowd was so ready just to see an NFL game and I know we thought it was a Chargers partial crowd, but it was because the instruction (laughs) video I think told them, you need to root for the Chargers for this game, you need to be loud on third downs. I I think otherwise it maybe could have been more split 50-50. Sam made a good point that maybe some Chiefs fans made the trip last year and it prevented them from making the trip down this year game was canceled so late they probably went ahead and went but I thought the crowd was unbelievable and it was just awesome to sort of introduce them to the NFL because I think for a lot of people it was their first time probably seeing it live.
3: Uh, one of my highlights was you saying that because you're such a cynical guy that to see you actually move by it was like wow <laughs> all right I really did love the anthem that'll stick with me but of course I love seeing Tyron Matthew do what I've been predicting he would do almost, almost <laughs> all these weeks. Um, Seven yards less. shy. Um, you know, making me look like an oracle that I you am. almost
4: I I almost even broke the no cheering in the press box rule when that happened just for you. We not all for looked the, at him, not for the Chiefs, not for <laughs> Tyron Matthew, just for <laughs> yourself. I sake. think there
3: actually were people around us looking at like, why are these three guys who covering the team looking at that other guy covering the team?
1: <laughs> but you know, it hurts. It's hard to be right all the time. My biggest takeaway, and I immediately looked at Sam when it happened. They love doing the wave. In Mexico City, and it was phenomenal. Terrific. It brought back memories of sitting in the stands and everybody's going up. And even Sam had to say it was the only venue that he would allow that. Absolutely, in I hate but here, let, let it
2: go, guys. This was this
1: was great. Well, guys, that's a wrap for us. The A-team, i I'm Herbie Teobie, Sam McDowell, Sam Mellinger, and Vaje uh, Vahe Gregorian. Wow. I almost said Vaje Mellinger. They're related Wonderful family, buddy. We'll catch you later on Thursday at Big O Tires and uh, Lee Summit. We'll be in McDowell's country, but with the A-team from Mexico City. Adios.
0: Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars' award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks unless you tell us to cancel a lot of subscription services won't tell you that they'll just sneak it on there we just told you your subscription helps support the sports coverage of kansascity.com and the kansas city star please visit kansascity.com slash sportsbeatkcoffer to get this special offer and as always thanks for listening